0: I'm Jeff Wells, and you're listening to Walk Among Heroes podcast, episode three from Reed Clanton's return to Europe after 78 years uh, since World War II, since he left Europe in 1945, and we just had an amazing couple of days in Normandy. Uh, we landed in Normandy on June 2nd. Currently, it's June 4th, uh, late in the evening in Normandy, and just going to catch everybody up on what we've done so far, which which is just every step of the way, it's just it's very difficult to explain because he's just so uh, emotionally charged. And you can just see he's wearing wearing his emotions on his sleeve. But when we landed in Normandy on June 2nd, we had a wonderful uh, catered dinner uh, at the place that we're staying, which is called Chateau uh, Isle Marie. It's just an amazing castle uh, with spectacular views. It's in the countryside. It's just a few minutes outside of St. Mary Glee. It's just an amazing place. And then on the third, uh, which is yesterday, uh, we spent most of the day in Carentan, uh, attending a variety of, of ceremonies and memorials. Uh, we learned all about the, the airborne side of the invasion, particularly the 101st Airborne, which liberated Carentan, which was a very strategic uh, objective for the Allies because it was equidistant between Omaha Beach and Utah Beach. And in order to create the bridgehead or the beachhead, uh, we had to take care and that was done by the 101st Airborne, a very, very bloody uh, and brutal battle. We attended the Cabbage Patch Ceremony uh, yesterday, which was just awesome. Uh, there were 30 or so World War II vets in attendance, so Mr. Clant was able to, to meet Uh, Some amazing vets, including uh, Bill Parker, whom I had the chance to meet and interview. You can uh, check him out in an earlier podcast episode, but he was believed to be one of the first soldiers to land on Omaha Beach. Uh, He was with the 29th Division. He was a combat engineer. We all know the engineers landed first to breach the obstacles. And Mr. Clanton had the opportunity to meet and talk to him as well as many other veterans, many other VIPs the commanding general of the hundred first Airborne Division mingled with him. It was just just an amazing event um, had an amazing dinner last night and then today um, Mr. Clanton set foot on Omaha Beach for the first time in seventy eight years and every step of the way it 's been very emotional but but he was particularly emotional when he set foot on the beach and I've been trying to post videos regularly of our adventures, our Mr. Clanton's trip on Instagram, Facebook. And at the moment, I just can't bring myself to, to post that because it was just so emotional. Everybody there was emotional. And I want to thank all of the amazing uh, members of our team here who are part of this trip because anytime Mr. Clanton needs anything, uh, in anything at all, we have so many folks who just, just take care of his every need, and just want to thank our entire team for that. Uh, This afternoon, we we spent the day in St. Mary Glees. Everywhere Mr. Clanton goes, he's treated like a hero. Uh, He's, little children come up to him, people take pictures with him, people thank him, people ask him for autographs. Uh, He's literally being treated like a celebrity. And I think one of my favorite moments of the day yesterday was after the Cabbage Patch ceremony. Uh, there was just a huge crowd of people uh, around Mr. Clanton. You couldn't even see him. I mean, people were asking for autographs and high-fiving him and everything. And then just a few feet away, you had Kyle Chandler, uh, who was just sitting there by himself, (laughs) who's normally, uh, and who is a, a TV star and a movie star. And people were always asking him for his autograph and pictures and whatnot. And it was just so neat to see everybody flocking towards the the true celebrities this week uh, who are the World War II veterans. So uh, today spent the day, the afternoon in St. Mary Glees, visited the Airborne Museum, visited the church, uh, looked at the John Steele um, mannequin that hangs above the steeple at St. Mary Glees to honor John Steele, who landed there on that steeple that day, who hung there, uh, eventually captured by the Germans, and then escaped. One of many, many, many amazing stories. Uh, after that, walked around Saint Mary Gleaves, and then had just an amazing dinner. It's called Liberty Dinner, uh, put on the a- by the AVA uh, in Saint Mary, and it was super, super cool because the U.S. commander for all of the European Theater uh, was in attendance, four-star general, one of the highest-ranking uh, members of our military, and he spent a significant amount of time with Mister Clinton. And then the commander of the 82nd Airborne Division, commanding general, was also in attendance, and he spent a significant amount of time with Mr. Clanton. So in the span of less than 24 hours, Mr. Clanton hung out with the commander of the 101st Airborne Division, the 82nd Airborne Division, and then the uh, commander of all Europe, European forces for the U.S., as well as the NATO Supreme Allied Commander. So that was pretty cool stuff, considering the fact that he had never been really even acknowledged for his service uh, up until just a couple years ago, and never received his rewards until just a couple weeks ago. So, just an amazing couple days. Uh, I'd like to just play a, a little conversation uh, with you that we had today, and we had the opportunity to go visit Braycore Manor. Some of us did, and at Braycore Manor, uh, there—it's you, you may have heard of it or you may have heard the term in the past, but it's a very, very famous. Battle uh, that came to light several well many years ago now when the Band of Brothers series was published, and Braycore Manor uh, was one of many engagements uh, that Dick Winters and Easy Company from the 506 PIR were involved in, and it's featured in episode two of Band of Brothers. If you want to take a look at it, but basically Dick Winters led a 12 man. Group. It's hard to call them a squad or a platoon because they had recently landed in the airborne landings, and he could only muster 12 men. And they took out by themselves a four-gun, 105-millimeter gun, German artillery bat battery that was sighted in on Utah Beach. And this was done early in the morning in, of, of D-Day, uh, and it was done to protect the forces that were landing on Utah Beach. And the way that Dick Winters uh, led that entire operation and the way that his men executed that attack was a textbook perfect attack. And today, since then, the military has adopted many of the tactics he used in that attack, Uh, things like suppressive fire and uh, various movement techniques and things like that they've adopted as doctrine. And so when I was a young officer just learning and going to officer basic course and understanding my officers' training, we studied that particular uh, battle, which is called the Battle of Bray Corps. Uh, and Bray Corps Manor actually is still there today, and it's still owned by the same family. And they're amazing people. I had the opportunity to, to meet them today. And I'd like to thank very, very much uh, Tim Gray from the World War II Foundation. Uh, Tim runs just an amazing foundation that's dedicated to educating Uh, producing films and and documentaries and works of art that help to properly uh, help people properly understand what happened during World War II. What I'm about to play for you uh, for this mini episode is a conversation that we had today with Eric LeBuff. He's a tour guide in Normandy, and he really understands what happened at Braycourt Manor very well. Braycourt Manor is not open to the public, so you can't go to Normandy and go there. It's a privately held manor, a farm. The, the actual location of the battery which we walked today is not open to the public at all, and it was just a tremendous honor to be able to, to see it today and then for Eric to take us through and, and explain it in great detail. So without further ado, here's Eric to talk about the Battle of Braycourt. Yeah,
1: Absolutely. Instead yeah. of having entire forest land in one area, right. you'd be easily to surround that. But now there's a guy behind you, there's a guy to the left, a guy to the right. You're getting shot on all sides. It
0: was totally confusion.
1: It's total confusion on yeah. all sides. So could it sort of worked into our advantage. Could you show that picture of the placement of the guns again? Which version? The winter. The large, the larger, <laughs> in, the enlarged one that winters. Did. Oh, the one that winters did. Yeah, because yeah. you took the. Uh, okay, this is that. This is that. This is the one he did. Oh wow. So actually, here I'll put, it's it's like this, because we're, yeah, we're in the field here. That's the field. You got a bit of shadow happening there. And it shows, you know, Lieutenant Winters, Lieutenant Compton coming down these hedgerows down here. There's two hedgerows over the side. What's lovely is that this field really hasn't changed. Yeah, you field. could totally really? walk yeah. it, and Powerful. yeah, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. and so this
1: was this yeah. is this is the field we're in now. Okay, so this, okay. like I said, he wasn't an artist. <laughs> Let's get that straight. So le grand chemin are these buildings here that he calls it le grand chemin, and that's over yonder that way. That's where Colonel Strayer had his uh headquarters the second mm. battalion mm. they came down uh compton the first hedgerow coming in that way oh boy i need to get this video <laughs> and then you never <laughs> i'm, pa- remember I'm this? panicking <laughs> i'm panicking hold on let's take a pause right. oh, no. here we go fish. wait on you brian no
0: problem <laughs> plenty of time I'm so and take you. your time
1: brian so Lieutenant Compton will split up with his group. He's got Don Malarkey with him and Bill Garnier, and they're going to go off, and then Winters will take his second group, and he set up two machine gun positions also to lay down covering fire. And that will be out in the field that way and one in the corner behind that hedgerow. So what size element is this again? He's got 12 guys. Okay. So. 12 guys all together. So he basically once Compton. This is like a really bad map. <laughs> it's just not scaled at all. Um... But, you know, after, after the fact, he had placed these machine guns back here. So that's what we're dealing with here. And he places these four guns in the positioning that we see here. This, uh, So he's got three guns facing out that way and one, for some reason, facing out that way. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's where we're a little iffy. And then later on, guys have made their own maps through the years. Now, when did he make yeah. that map there? Was uh, this June 22nd. Uh, June 22nd. Okay, so, so this is pretty day, quick. You know, yeah, this, this is from his uh, his his uh, hey, which diary? diary. His diary. Okay, okay. From from June twenty second, nineteen okay, forty four, where he typed that. Out. Well, I was just yeah. wondering how long after. Right? So already, yeah. and stuff had gone sure. on. I mean, they had the they had the fights at that at uh, Saint Combe. They went. To, you know, they had already been in Carantan. A lot had gone on already. So he's basically going back after the fact and going from memory. I don't know about you, but you know, a day after, don't ask me yeah. what I ate yesterday for lunch. Sure. You know, and do, is there another this. drawing from, from yes. the, uh, the the uh, dig that they kind of figured out exactly what it was There's not a drawing of the dig uh, all that's gonna you know they just finished the dig like two weeks ago. So basically this is the version that you find in a lot of books. okay So what they get right though um, is the machine gun positions all right. So you got one us so I' I'm, I'm, again I'm orienting this the correct way. There's that hedgerow back here, two hedgerows that are back there. That opening is supposed to be right here.